Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Hi, everybody. Are you ready for the Bible today? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Aren't you so thankful today that we have a God who will meet our needs? It makes me so thankful, and I trust our God so much to meet your needs and to meet my needs. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your word today. I pray, God, that as we hear your word, and as we, Lord, receive your word, God, that it will touch every person who's listening today. You know right where we are. You know what season each of us are in. And you have a way to speaking to every single one of us as you speak to all of us. I pray for the empowerment of your spirit to share and impart what's in your heart today. I thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I'm preaching a message entitled, Provision Always. As I was wrapping up this um, four-part series on the Ten Commandments last week, one of the things that really stood out to me was God's provision throughout the book of Exodus. And it really motivated me to want to share a word with you. And so we're going to jump in today to Exodus chapter 12, verse 33. Just to give you a quick little background, the, what happened in the Old Testament was the people of Israel were in bondage to Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and they cried out to God and said, God, will you send us a deliverer and get us out of this bondage? And God raised up a Moses, and Moses went to evil Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, let God's people go. Pharaoh resisted and resisted and resisted, and each step of the way, God sent plagues to say, hey, you let these people go. They're my people. Eventually, Pharaoh would relent, and he would let the people go. And we're going to pick up with right where the Israelites are when they're fleeing Egypt. Exodus 12, verse 33 says this. The Egyptians urged the people, talking about the Israelites, to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in cloth, clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed them and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them whatever they asked for. And so they plundered the Egyptians. Now, following that scripture, it's pretty wild. Finally, the Egyptians are ready for the Israelites to leave. And Moses tells the people right before they're leaving, they're finally free. They're finally getting out. And Moses tells the people, listen, go to the Egyptians. Go to the people who've enslaved you and ask them for silver and for gold. (laughs) I don't know about y'all. I would just be happy to leave. I don't need to go asking for stuff. But Moses tells them, make this ask. And sure enough, they did it. And what happens is the Egyptians are like, here, take the silver, take the gold. And basically what they could carry, they left with. And it says in scripture that they plundered the Egyptians. Now, this is a historic event that happened hundreds of years ago. And the Old Testament records it for us. But what's really neat about this story is you've got this story of what it was like for the Israelites to be in Egypt. We're about to look at what was it like for the Egyptian, for the Israelites to be in the wilderness. And then we're going to look at what was it like for the Israelites to be in the promised land. This, these three places, Egypt, the wilderness, and the promised land, 
actually parallel what you and I's life is like when we receive Christ into our lives. Egypt represents the bondage of sin and slavery. The, the Pharaoh represents the devil. And um, in our crying out for freedom, Moses represents Jesus coming and delivering the people out of that bondage. The wilderness is the place that God takes us where we're now free. And now what he's going to do is he's going to transform us. He's going to transform who we are. And that's what it's like when we walk with Christ. The promised land, it represents a couple of things. It represents what it's like when we walk in the best that God has for us. It represents the blessing and provision and all the things that God has for us. It also represents for us what heaven is, which is what God has for us, that he has great provision. It says in John that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And Canaan was a land that God had prepared for his people. So as we're reading through these scriptures, and I'm talking to you today about provision. Again, the message is called provision always. I want to show you how God in every step of the way provides for you and for me. So first we have this first step where God delivers the people of Israel out of Egypt, away from Pharaoh, away from slavery. And that's what God does with us. When we turn to Jesus, he delivers us from the power and influence of the devil. And he, he delivers us from the bondage that sin has over our lives. The bondage that says, I have to sin. I, I, I'm incapable of, of ridding sin in my own life. I need God's help to get rid of sin. Along that way, as, as they're leaving Egypt, one of the things that God does for the people of Israel is he, he provides for them. As they're fleeing and as they're leaving, as they're turning to God, if you will, and as he's delivering them, God is providing for them. And for you and for me, when we turn to Christ and when we turn to God, there is a provision for us as we step in to the new life that God has for us. So God had provision as they were leaving. I remember it was May 5th, 1992, when I first gave my life to Jesus. And it was a radical conversion. I went from atheist or agnostic and then went to believing and following in Jesus. It was a long journey. But when I made that decision on May 5th, it was done. It was forever. It was a month before I was going to graduate high school. And I had plans. I had plans that maybe I'd be a math teacher, plans that I would go be an accountant. And if you know me, that foots really well with my personality. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I just wanted to go away to Bible college. And uh, I didn't, I hadn't made preparations for that. And the Bible college that I wanted to go to was in Portland, Oregon. And so here I am, ready to graduate high school, giving my life to Jesus. And I'm like, how am I even going to get there? And I remember one of the signs, if you will, that God really gave me that he was in this and that he was providing for me as I left my sin, as I left my old life, as I turned to Jesus, is he provided me a plane ticket to Portland. Now, back then, this is before 9-11, way before 9-11. This is before um, when you could actually travel on somebody else's plane ticket. There was a plane ticket that was advertised in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And one of the elders at uh, the church I was in uh, found it. It was a ticket, a one-way ticket in early August from Richmond to Portland, and it was $75. 
And they found that ticket. They told my parents about it. We bought that ticket. And I remember thinking, like, what are the chances that there's a one-way ticket in the newspaper for $75 to get me to Bible college? Y'all, God was making provision for my life as I was leaving my old life, as I was leaving Egypt, he was making provision for me along the way. And, of course, there's many more stories in there about provision because I needed provision to go to school and to live on campus. And God was so faithful. So in our story in the Old Testament, the people of Israel are now out of Egypt. And what's going to happen is they're going to spend 40 years in the wilderness. I'm only going to preach one message today, so I'm not going to go into all the reasons why they were in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. But uh, suffice it to say, uh, they were complaining and they weren't ready to obey God. But God was still going to take care of them. So if you can imagine a few million people getting to the wilderness and Moses is leading them, um, they're going to places where there isn't a Walmart, there isn't a Hardee's, there isn't a Subway, and they got to figure out how they're going to eat. And this is what it says in Exodus 16, verse 2. In the desert, the whole community, talking about the Israelites, grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There they sat around pots of meat and all, they had all the food they wanted. But you brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. <laughs> now, now God's people are in the wilderness and they've been blessed with silver and they've been blessed with gold and with plunder. But um, the food that they were carrying with them ran out. And now they're in a place where they got gold and silver, but they don't have food. So what do you do when you need something? I know what you're thinking. Well, you pray, which is a great answer. That's the, the good Bible school answer. We need to pray and we need to seek God. Um, but that's not what they did. Um, they went with plan B, which was to complain and grumble against their leaders. Um, and this is really powerful to me. They're complaining and whining about where they are. And yet God was really merciful to them. Um, he had not brought them out of Egypt, out of the place of bondage, and out of the place of slavery, just to let them die. He had plans of provision. I want you to hear that today. God has plans for provision. Now, the way they got to that provision is they whined and they complained. But God still had a plan. I think if they would have prayed, if they would have sought the Lord in faith, God would have said to them, I've got a plan for that. I've got a plan for how you're going to eat. I have a plan for how you're going to uh, drink and have water and that kind of thing. Um, and his plan for them eating was manna and quail. The, the way this worked is they would wake up in the morning and there would be manna, these flakes that would be on the ground and they would pick them up. Six days they would be able to pick them up. On the sixth day they would pick up uh, what they needed for two days. And on the seventh day they would rest, which reminds you of the, the Sabbath uh, uh, message that we had several weeks ago, right? And so God had this plan for them. And I want to say to you, I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care how bad your attitude is in the moment. God has provision for you if you will turn to him. God has something for you even in your wilderness. He has provision. The wild thing about the provision in the wilderness is that it was miraculous, but it was really just enough. It was miraculous in that they didn't plant, they didn't sow, they didn't do anything. Each morning they went out and simply collected what God had provided. So it's miraculous in that it just showed up for them. But 
it was just enough to get them by the day or on the sixth day, just enough to get them by for two days. And uh, I don't know about you, but I love living in the miraculous. But the problem with living in the miraculous is you need a miracle. And for 40 days, they needed a miracle to eat. But God provided that miracle every single day. They would wake up and there was a miracle waiting there for them. And so it's this place of great tension. Miracle, but just enough. I don't know about you. I am sure that manna was good because God's not going to give you food that isn't any good. But I, I think after maybe 40 days, I'd be pretty tired of manna. But God provided it for them for 40 years. Now, Exodus 16, verse 35. It says, the Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Now, Canaan, again, is that third place. Canaan, it's a historical place. It's the land of Israel. It's the place that God provided. It's, it, it's historical in the sense that it happened. But it also represents your life and my life. Canaan was the promised land that God said, I'm going to take you to a place flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a place where there are cities that you did not build that you are going to inhabit. It was the place of God's bountiful provision. It was the place of God's ample provision. We're going to come back to that in a few moments. What I find fascinating is that it says that when they, when they got to the border of Canaan is when they stopped eating the manna. The manna stopped. The old provision stopped the moment they reached the border of this new promised land. I wonder if the... The first day that they woke up after they'd crossed into Canaan. I wonder if that first day they woke up and went, where's breakfast, right? (laughs) Where is the manna? I wonder if they just freaked out in that moment. But the reality was God's provision was waiting for them in the place that he was leading them to. Now, I want you to catch this because I I think that um, this is really important for you to catch in your own life. Sometimes we only recognize that the provision is disappearing, right? We're like, hold on, hold on. This job that I've depended on or, or this situation that I've depended on or this friendship that I've depended on isn't there anymore for one reason or another. And you feel like the provision is disappearing. You can look at just what's disappeared because, see, that's what happened when they came out of Egypt is they looked back to Egypt and went, hold on. We were eating when we were in Egypt. Now we're in the wilderness. Where's the food? Now they're in that position again. We were eating in the wilderness, this manna. We're stepping into Canaan, and, the, and that provision is gone. A lot of times when the provision that we have relied on is gone, we can get into fear really quick. But what God wants you to know is that when he's leading you and directing you, there's always provision in the place that he's leading to you. So how do you find it? Well, you've got to look for it. You've got to recognize where it is. Don't, don't grumble. Don't complain. But pray And then open up your eyes and say, God, what do you want me to see? What is the provision you're leading me into because he has it for you? I think this this really um, applies in this time with the coronavirus and with all the lockdowns and with everything that's going on. As a matter of fact, um, today, the day I'm recording this message for you, I heard 
on the news that the, the GDP for America was down 33% in the second quarter, which is like a really significant number. And that's, you know, our, our gross domestic product. And it's a, it's a huge, important number to the economy. And I was thinking about that. But I was also thinking about this message that I'm sharing with you today. And the reality is God has provision for wherever he is taking us. In every season of our life. And I think the challenge for us many times is that we don't always like change. And we don't always like the transition. And, you know, we want to rely on what we relied on. But the fact is, God's got a good plan for you. And no matter where you are, whether you're in Egypt crying out to him, in the wilderness trying to grow in him, or you're in Canaan receiving the promise, God has provision for you. I want to encourage you to pray and to seek God and say, God, show me the provision. Don't ask if God is providing for you because he's always, always, always. Did I say always? He's always, always, always got a plan to provide for you because he's a good father. So it's not if, it's what. And so we have to seek God and say, God, what is your plan to provide for me now? Is it manna in the morning? Is it cities that I didn't build? What is your plan for provision for me right now? Now, when they reached Canaan, something radically changed. Again, Canaan is that land of promise, that land of blessing, that land of bounty. Before, they simply went out and gathered the manna when they were in the wilderness. But now, they have inherited fields and vineyards and crops and livestock. Now... They're going to have to steward the thing that God has blessed them with. You see, you don't have to steward manna. Manna, you just go up and you get it. It's hand to mouth. Okay, I I got what I need for today. Well, tomorrow what I need will be there. Stewardship is something very different. When you receive a blessing like cities you didn't build and, and vineyards you didn't plant, now you have to take care of something. Now you're going to have to practice things like sowing and reaping. They're far more blessed in Canaan. Catch this. They're far more blessed, but they have far more responsibility. Because now they've got to partner with God and say, God, how do I take responsibility for this blessing that you've given me? I want to ask you this morning, how is your stewardship doing? I'm not asking that to you to like beat you over the head. But like ask yourself the question, how is my sowing of what I have like do I do I give some away do I invest some into my future because you know sowing you sow a seed to have a harvest in the future we do that in giving but we also do that in investing and saving and those kind of things and how is my my reaping what am I doing with when when something is put in my hands do I like last week's offering do I spend some save some give some right how is my stewardship doing and i just want to say to you today stewardship is a condition of the heart and a condition of faith but there's also a lot of just practicalness around stewardship there's a how to do it and i want to tell you today if if your life if you're not proud of your stewardship and if you're not doing well hey i have seen so many people in their journey where they have 
um, spent a season saying, you know what, I'm going to learn this stewardship thing. I'm going to learn how to take care of what I have and let God bless it more. And I've seen so many people turn that corner. So if you're struggling in that area, I want you to know there's help. We've got practical resources. You can go out on a, on a Right Now Media, and there's plenty of Bible studies and practical helps that will help you through that. There's also um, people that you can interact with that can coach you and help you through. I remember years ago, Elizabeth and I sat down with a coach, and we made a plan for where we were in that season of our life, and we made a plan for the seasons to come, and it was really helpful. It was not easy but it was really helpful because stewardship is a skill, but it's also a matter of the heart and a matter of faith. When they walked into Canaan, now they had a responsibility for the things that God had blessed them with. I want to tell you today that God will provide for you in every season of your life. He never lets his people starve. He never lets his people go without what they need doesn't mean he's always in a place where you've got way more than enough, although his heart is to bless you. But he will always provide for you. Always, always, always. Coming out of Egypt is that time where, in that place where, you know what, there's provision when we're turning to God, when we're turning our lives. There's that initial provision. There's provision when we're growing in Christ and learning in him. There's provision when we're entering into a promise and into a blessing. God always has provision. And I want to uh, pray for you today that you will see the provision that he has for you right now because it's always there. But also that God will give you wisdom to see when transitions are coming. We can get into a lot of fear when we see provision that we've relied on go away. And when we get into fear, what we see is that we weren't really relying on God. We counted on that provision. But God always has provision for you. So don't be in fear. Just say, God, where's my provision coming from? What have you got planned for me? And he will help you to see it because he wants you to be able to make those transitions. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you, God, for those who are listening and watching uh, today. And God, I pray, Father, that you would help all of us to know the provision that you have for us in every season of our life, Lord God. Father, that we would see it, that we'd be able to walk in it, And God, that we would have great confidence that you are always a good provider. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be great stewards god help us to know with what you've put in our hands how do we use our money in a way that glorifies and honors you we know that you want to provide for us help us to be good good with our spending good with our giving good with our saving good good with our investing good with how we use finances lord jesus that the principles that you have created like sowing and reaping father will work for your people lord god and father that we will be blessed in you but god that the purpose of that blessing father is not just for blessing's sake but god that we can be a blessing we thank you god that you're such a good provider and we honor you it's in jesus name i pray amen hey if you're listening today And um, I'm telling you that story of when I came and gave my life to Jesus and how that's like in Egypt where we're in bondage to sin and and under the authority of the, the devil. We make this decision. Listen, I want out. 
I don't want in this kingdom. I don't want to be under this slavery anymore. I want out. The way that you do that is you turn to Christ and you just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want you to be the ruler of my life. And just like the story I was telling today where Moses came and said, all right, Pharaoh, let him go. They're coming with me. Jesus comes in our life and he says, let him go. They're coming with me and we follow Christ. And because of the cross, our sins can be forgiven. And because of his Holy Spirit, we can know what it is to know and follow Christ. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to pray a simple prayer out loud, however you want to do it. And just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. I want you to be my leader, my master, and my commander. And I want to know what it is to follow you. When you pray that prayer and when you come and say, Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you, a new life begins. And I want to encourage you to make that decision today. And if you're making that decision today, I want to know about it. I want to rejoice with you. And I want to make sure that you have everyone you need around you as you do make this amazing journey of following Jesus. My day was May 5th, 1992. And um, it has been the greatest decision and the greatest ride of my life. And I want to rejoice with you. If you're making that decision today, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? We'd love to hear from you so that we can walk with you and be a blessing. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.